Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Hey, good morning, everybody. Scott Luton and special guest host Allison Giddens with you here on Supply Chain Now. Welcome to today's show. Allison, how are we doing? I'm good because we've got some fun people today. We do. And, and you know, uh, you've been doing outstanding world-class facilitation work lately. You had great shows, great shows in production still. And this is going to be another one. This one, Allison, this conversation kind of stems from your experiences at the Women in Manufacturing Summit 2021, right? Yes. Yes. We're excited. It was held in Cleveland uh, this year. It was supposed to be held in Cleveland in 2020, but we all know what happened then. So we took a pause and pretended like it was the 10th anniversary all over again. We had a blast. I, I could tell partially through uh, uh, stalking you on social media and enjoy your social media feed. Next year, I'm convinced we're going to send a film crew with you and yes. we're, <laughs> we're going to produce a can festival documentary. It's going to be a wonderful thing. Uh, but Allison, looking forward to getting y'all's key takeaways here today with two special featured guests. Are you ready to introduce them? Let's do this. All right, let's do it. All right, so first up, we've got Stacy Schroeder, president and founder of Evelop with us. Stacy, how are you doing? Great. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you, Scott and Allison. Thank you for making this connection. I'm looking forward to it today. We are too. We are too. We've already had lots of fun in the pre-show and you're joined by Coral Huffmaster, Value Improvement Project Engineer at Polaris Industries. Coral, how you doing? Hey, Scott. I'm, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing wonderful and looking forward to, to learning a lot more from you, Stacey, Allison here today. But before Allison, before we get to the heavy lifting, let's have a little fun. Let's get to know Stacey and Coral a little bit better. How about that? You're going to like these two, I promise. All right. Wonderful. Wonderful. So let's start with you, Stacey. So we usually, you know, that, that universal question that often serves as a great level setter and usually leads to great questions uh, or stories rather is, Hey, where did you grow up? So Stacy, tell us, tell us where you grew up. Yeah. So I grew up outside of Detroit, Michigan. So I am a motor city girl, a gearhead at heart. Uh, my mom and dad met through a mutual love of cars and it's continued through me. Uh, I moved to the fancy state of Ohio after I graduated from Michigan State because the economy was already starting to tank in Michigan. So I've been in Ohio since 2007, and I've been a Cleveland resident since 2011, and I'm really happy to be in the Midwest. Wonderful. All right. So I've got to ask you, there's a national pizza campaign, commercial campaign going on right now, all about Detroit pizza. Now, is that a thing? And where can we get authentic Detroit pizza? You know, what's funny is I just had my birthday. And when I went up to see my family at the end of August, I requested Buddy's Pizza. So Buddy's, in my opinion, is the OG. So they have uh, an old world uh, pepperoni and cheese mix. They've got like a Motown pizza. They've got all those old school flavors. Nice deep dish, buttered crust, not to Um. be missed. You're killing me, Stacy. All right. We well, love it. Uh, we're going to take you up on Buddy's Pizza. And if you ever, Allison, uh, good old rule of thumb, if you're ever not sure what question to ask in an interview, ask about pizza. You can't go wrong there, right? Um, all right. So, Coral, same question to you. And we're going to circle back and make sure folks know what y'all do professionally as well. But, Coral, tell us where you grew up. 
Yeah, so actually it's funny. I, I am also from a small town outside of the Detroit metro area. So it's it's a small world. Uh, because it is. Yeah, it, we, we connected even though uh, we were from similar areas, but not until we lived halfway across the country from each other. So, um, but I, I did, I grew up uh, on the, the north side up in the thumb area of Michigan and uh, lived there for, for the better part of my life. Went to school, worked there for a little while in automotive before I moved down here to Huntsville, Alabama. Yep. To, to space. Yes. Space, not space rocket capital city. or rocket capital. Rocket Rock, city. Rocket city. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I love I, Huntsville. I, I've liked it a lot too. Yes. It's very nice here. Um, but I, I do miss the good pizza. Yeah. Stacy's right. <laughs> well, um, now I've heard a lot. I have not been to Detroit. I'm not sure if I've ever been to Detroit, but I've heard a lot about a resurgence that's taking place across Detroit. And both of y'all are nodding your head. So things are, are, are changing and opportunities for all now in Detroit. Is that right? Absolutely. The downtown area has has come a long way in the last several years. Um, just a, a number of big companies and, and individuals have come together really and, and done a lot to build the city back up. Love it. Of course, uh, as we all know, the automotive automotive industry, which is, you know, like any other industry, is, is, is um, has been challenged in ways very common and very unique. And Detroit, of course, is intertwined with that industry. So um, we'll, we will see. I'll tell you, if we can get some computer chips around here, I think things will be better off for everybody. Uh, but we'll keep our fingers crossed in that regard. Uh, one last question before I uh, get Allison back in here. And Allison, by the way, have you ever had real, authentic Detroit pizza? No. And you know what? I just realized I forgot my lunch. So oh. now I'm really hungry. <laughs> all right. It's going to be torture Allison hour. Here we go. Um, so, um, all right. So Stacy, one last question. And then we're going to get Allison to lead us through some key takeaways that, that y'all have uniquely kind of experienced as well as maybe probably some common takeaways from the WIM summit 2021. But mm-hmm. um, let's make sure folks know what y'all do professionally. So Stacy, tell us about, what you and uh, the EVELOP team do. Yeah, so thanks for asking, Scott. So I'm a manufacturing person at heart. I've been in manufacturing since 2007, started as an engineer, worked my way up the ladder at public and private and big and small companies, Um, worked for a couple national manufacturing nonprofits to get more awareness and exposure to the challenges of small and mid-sized manufacturers. And then in November of 2019, I thought this is the time to start my own business. So my crystal ball maybe wasn't the best, um, but you know I took the leap to put out my own shingle. And uh, the majority of my work is in two key areas. So the first is I deliver leadership development through a partnership with the Institute for Management Studies. So we support around 200 organizations internationally within Michigan, greater uh, Pennsylvania and Ohio. We've got around 20 across all sectors. And then within the EVELOP bucket, I do a lot of consulting. So really I'm an educational partner for groups like women in manufacturing. I also have done some work on additive manufacturing with uh, the Ohio State University and some other partners. Got a project with the Northeast Ohio Regional Sewer District and really anything that's in the manufacturing and operations space. I love to partner to design and deliver programs that meet needs and help people be successful, not only in their current role, but also for their future roles. Well said. And we all love manufacturing here. So uh, you're definitely kindred spirits. Thank you for sharing, Stacey. Uh, Coral, how about you? Yeah. So uh, 
some similar background. I am an engineer, um, industrial engineer by education, uh, worked in automotive for a supplier for several years up in Michigan and uh, worked to support multiple locations in the continuous improvement and material flow area. And then I transitioned to Polaris um, about two and a half years ago, came down to Huntsville and have been working across a wide array of different product lines. Uh, we work on, on value improvement. So how can we make the vehicles uh, more, more value add to the customer, um, making sure that we're it. aligning to what they are looking for. Improvement is a journey with no finish line, right? Absolutely. Yes. And uh, it's good to, if you're going to be on that journey, it's good to be with uh, smart engineers that love math and are much better at math than, than I am. So uh, we'll have to dive into some of those projects later on. Um, but thank you, Coral and Stacy. Thanks for level setting. I think that's helpful for kind of uh, folks to process what you'll share kind of through what y'all do. So thank you both. All right. So Allison, I'm going to pass the baton here as we walk through some key takeaways from WIM, the WIM Summit 2021. Yes. So primarily one of the reasons I, I really wanted to get you introduced to these two amazing women was is also because not only do they do some terrific things in their own local chapters with women in manufacturing, but they've been involved in the national chapter as well. So the summit, um, to kind of give your, your listeners here a little bit of some, some context, um, there is a an event that we have every year and it's typically held in a different city. So we've taken Nashville, we've done Denver, um, we've got Atlanta in 2022. Hey. So set, go ahead and mark your calendars. <laughs> um, but typically during summit, it's about two and a half, three day event. And the very first day, uh, you have the opportunity as an attendee to attend one of many tours that are in the area. Um, there's a host committee that helps to coordinate these things. So um, whether it's Toyota or Vitamix, or uh, we, we had an event up, uh, we had a summit in Hartford, Connecticut, where some of us toured Pratt and Whitney. Um, they're all different, really, really awesome, small and large companies that we've had the opportunity to check out. So in terms of WIM Summit, that's how the event gets kicked off. So the bar is always set really high. We always have keynotes and then we have breakout sessions. And so the, the great thing about having these two in this conversation are that all three of us likely went to different breakout groups throughout the event. And so we got to experience a lot of really cool perspectives and insights of other women in the industry. The challenge, I think, in the WIM space, and Coral and Stacy, tell me if you think I'm on to something here. There's kind of a challenge in WIM has to has to. Um, offer inspirational opportunities and, and reasons to, you know, get us remotivated. But there's also that balance of we as women in manufacturing, we want some technical stuff too. We, we do want a little bit of insight into the manufacturing space. And I mean, I know Coral's an engineer and, it, you know, th there is a little bit of, okay, I'm not just here to hear somebody's story. I'm here to remember why I love manufacturing in mm. the first place. So I was curious, I want to kind of throw it to, to let's, let's kick it to Stacy first to see um, what, what couple, two or three takeaways did you have from the event as a whole? Um, just things that are going to stick with you for a little while. 
Yeah, that's a great question, Allison. And I, I want to circle back to your comment around the technical side of it. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Uh, I am a nerd at heart. I always will be, even though I do mainly workforce development. You've seen my LinkedIn. It's all about additive. It's about material science. It's about aerospace. It's whatever catches my interest. So if it involves making something, I'm all in. Um, so I think that's an opportunity for WIM uh, to definitely enhance the programming. Um, I will say as their consultant that builds a lot of their educational programs, I'll take that nugget. We're building a survey to go out today to members to ask about what kind of skills and knowledge they want in next year's virtual learning series. So I'll put some space in there for some technical ones. Um, in terms of takeaways, you know, I was putting my pen to paper. I've got a post coming on my LinkedIn later this week that's talking about it as well. I think the first one, we had a keynote from a woman who is a manufacturing leader, a company owner, a, a grandmother that didn't look old enough to be a grandmother at all. <laughs> and she was talking about how important it is to get a personal board of directors. And as a newer entrepreneur, a newer business owner, I felt like that was just what I needed to hear because sometimes it can feel like you're shouting into the void. And I think being a woman in manufacturing, no matter your role, sometimes we feel like that, right? We're one of one, of one or one of a few. Um, so the roles that she really highlighted, I'm gonna read them because they're so critical in my opinion. She said, you wanna find that expert, somebody that's really a functional expert in your field. You want that truth teller, that person that will just give it to you exactly what it is that innovator, that person that'll make you think outside the box and throw some crazy ideas at you, the sponsor, that person that's at a position where they can help you, right? They can carry as they climb. And then the vault. So that safe space where you can put those things that maybe aren't um, the best for public consumption, but sometimes you just need to get them out. So that was my first big takeaway, Allison. Those are good. Did you already have like people in your head who fit some of those? And did you find that you kind of had gaps? And you don't have to tell us which ones those gaps were. Yeah. But did you already catch yourself? Yeah, absolutely. You know, when I was working at different companies, I think it was easier for me to identify those individuals. But now that I've moved on, and right as I was moving on is, you know, a couple months later, COVID happened. So it made it a little bit challenging to maintain those relationships in the way that I wanted, which was face to face. Um, so starting to rebuild, got my map on the whiteboard to try to fill those gaps. Nice. So, so if I could just add something really quick, I think <clears throat> the phrase, keep it real, may be a bit of a old fashioned phrase these days that harkens back maybe to the eighties or nineties or whenever. Um, but there's never been something more valuable and to have, I think Stacey called it the truth teller amongst your, your inner circle and your, your personal board of directors, someone that, that, that gives you sometimes it's um, it's the helpful, encouraging, inspirational truth. And other times, as we all know, equally as powerful, the brutal truth, right? Something you don't want to hear. That is so valuable to have, I, I believe. So Stacy, I appreciate you sharing that short list of what sounds like a, a great um, recipe for forming a personal board of directors. Absolutely. For sure. So what else did you, did you catch? Yeah, so I've got two more. So the second one was the talent strategy breakout. That was with Kathy Steele, who runs Red Caffeine. And what caught my ear was this line she said. She said, people want to work with people, not companies. And my reaction is, yes, 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 a thousand times yes. Right? As a customer, whether I'm dealing with um, 
you know, the coffee shop down the street, the donut shop down the street sometimes, or a big company. I want a person. I want a person that cares about me. And within my business, you know, I'm a company of one doing workforce development. So you're getting my attention, you're getting my experience and, and brain space. So to me, building and maintaining positive, healthy relationships are absolutely mission critical. That's cool. That, that's a really great observation too. And sometimes it's tough because that intersection of our industry when it comes to process efficiencies, sometimes the personal one-on-one doesn't fit the automated, okay, well, X, Y, Z happens, therefore ABC needs to happen. So that's a, that was a really, I think I was in that session too. I took a lot of notes from her. She was sharp. Absolutely. And then my last one, I was so thrilled to see Cheryl Zach giving her presentation on influence. And the main reason was when I was building WIMS new empowering women in production program, she's one of the women that we tapped. So she donated her time to deliver a session for women that are in production and production support roles on influence, impact, and inspiration. So when I saw her at the front of the room at the summit, I asked Audrey if I could introduce Cheryl. I'm like, I'm so excited to see her in person. Get out of the way, Audrey. I want to introduce her and tell the world just how amazing she is. And what I love about Cheryl is she's one of the most research-based uh, presenters I think I've ever seen, but it's not dry. It's research that then she directly ties to actionable ways to be more influential. And she shows that some of our natural defaults are actually the worst ways to get the results that we're looking for. Um, so meeting her in person, getting to tell the world how awesome she is, and then hearing all the great questions people had for her was absolutely in the top three for me. That's a great list. That's awesome list. And before I before I toss it to to Coral to get her three, I um I wanted to also note that what Stacy's talking about the program and Stacy correct me if I'm putting words into your mouth wrong here. Um, the program offered by Women in Manufacturing that Stacy's helped develop is empowering women in production. And what that is is she they saw a need for you know you have these these different leadership opportunities where. Um, women in C-suite or or management can have the opportunity to fly somewhere and go to something or be on a Zoom live talking to people like we are right now on on this meeting. But there are several, there are plenty of fantastic, phenomenal women on the production floor that really want and need to develop their leadership skills and their growth potential. And so this program allows them to do so in an on-demand way so that that content is so cool because it pulls from these subject matter experts. Yes. Anything else, Stacy? Did I cover that right? Yeah, you nailed it. It's a new program. We have, I think, eighty-six women. It's a twenty-week cohort program. Uh, Allison tactfully didn't mention, but she is one of our presenters as well. So she did a great session on building relationships and networking. We're getting really good feedback. We're learning a lot about how to improve the delivery, and it's something Wim plans to do once, maybe twice a year, possibly more moving forward. So Coral, what about you? What kind of takeaways from the WIM Summit did you grab? Yeah, so I, I have a couple and, and I want to I wanna circle back a little bit to, to the comment on, on the technical things. Um, one, one of the thing, one of the ones that I went to was um, empowering your team for innovation. The, the presenter was also an engineer 
very technical background. The presentation, while I loved it, was very technical. And there were, there were a lot of eyes glazing over in, in the room, I think. Um, so I, I, while I thought it was great, and I think a lot of the other engineers in the room thought it was great, um, I, I would say, you know, maybe being a little bit more clear on, on which sessions are kind of more technically minded um, might be might be helpful to some people. Um, we need a color coding yeah. system like when we're transporting chemicals on our interstates. Exactly. Right. We need we right. need some color coding. Right. Absolutely. I like that idea. Like a like a more te- like a levels of technical. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I, I loved that session and I thought it was great, um, but I, I think it was it was not for everybody. <laughs> um, so that that was that was good. Um, the other thing, you know, you kind of touched on like the, the group being able to, you know, kind of get out there and do something. Being able to participate in the community service project was really one of my favorite things. I mean, that was that was a 30 minute session out of three days that was probably some of my favorite 30 minutes. And for a lot of reasons, I love the impact of the community. I loved the the collaboration. I mean, I, I was in the first shift. So Coral, what, what was the community service yes. project? Tell us what yeah. you did. So we, so we were packing uh, meals for children across the state of Ohio for Children's Hunger Alliance. And, and the fun thing about that was that we had a couple of assembly lines going, basically, that were putting the boxes together and such. And so, you know, you've got all these women in manufacturing who are out there blowing through packing up these meal kits so fast that they had to stop us early because they wanted to have enough left over for the rest of the shifts. I was on that first group. Awesome. That was hysterical. It was great. And so it was so funny because you see like these people coming together and, and using what we do every day to do something really good for the, for the community. So um, I, I loved that part of it. And I think that was new for this, this year, right? It was, it was, it was brand new and they had come in and they said, I think by the end of it all, we had packaged 2000 meals, I think was, wow. and that was phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. It was really cool. Was there a gong involved? No, no. there was no gong. no gong. Unfortunately, there was no gong. So we've done no. something similar here in Atlanta and it wasn't the, the kids hunger Alliance. I think is what I heard there. Coral. Uh, it, let's see. It was uh rise against hunger. I think was a group here based here. And they had a very similar exercise. And uh, I think after we finished each box, they'd uh, someone would be able to hit the gong. And it's just this little, it doesn't sound like real exciting, but when you're, when you, when, when it's high energy, high activity, there's a spree de core, you're doing good, you know, uh, between the gong and some, and some good music and some, of course, great fellowship. I can see how that'd be a wonderful highlight uh, of the event and coral, by the way, to have a, a team of, production operations and manufacturing experts. No, no wonder uh, you can have really efficient uh, supply chain or efficient production lines when it comes to packing these things. Absolutely. Huh? Yes. It was, it was an awesome group. And honestly, I, I don't know if, if anybody would have been able to keep up with your gong. We were cranking them That's out so fast. That's a really fast. good point. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So what other, what other takeaways besides that fantastic 30 minutes, which you're, you're absolutely right. That was, that was a highlight. What else did you get? Yeah. Yeah, so um, the the other one, I want to reference one of the other keynote speakers, um, wonderful lady. Uh, she she talked about um, DE&I in kind of a, a unique context, which really 
really hit home for me in in a lot of ways. Um, you know, I, I don't want to go too much into into the details. It was a little bit personal, um, but basically, you know, she has a child that has special needs, and she talked about the difference between, you know, I guess the difference between first between diversity and inclusion, and how you really need diversity before you can have inclusion. You know, a lot of people kind of wrap them all together as like one package, but you you have to have one before the other, because if you don't have that unique blend of perspectives, you can't really be inclusive of any unique perspectives. So um, kind of putting it in that context, you, you kind of see things a little bit differently. And then also, you know, thinking about how many other things aside from just, you know, we, a lot of times we, we associate just gender, race, age, sexual preference. Those are like the really big ones that everybody's talking about. And those are important things, but there are so many other things that, that give us a, a diverse background of perspectives. Um, you know, people who have different backgrounds grew up in different areas you know, work in different industries, things that, you know, went to different schools. There, there's a whole array of different things that we don't really think about when we talk about diversity and inclusion and, and trying to make sure that people from all, all backgrounds are, are feeling included in the group. Um, so that, that message really kind of struck me. And, and I liked how she described DE&I, uh, I guess, when it's working as a mosaic of entirely unique tiles that all come together to form one image. So I thought that was really nice. What a gorgeous visual you paint there, um, Coral. And, and I got to, uh, Allison, I think we've referenced this before. And we've interviewed uh, Dr. Steve Sterling uh, on Supply Chain Now um, a couple of times. And he leads MAP, which is a great nonprofit, which helps get um, medical supplies around the world, especially to, um, uh, children and, uh, families with kids that, that, uh, don't have enough resources. And he grew up in post-war Korea back in the sixties and was, was, uh, afflicted with polio. He eventually immigrated, um, to the States and to your point, Coral, about that DE and I, um, he spoke, um, pretty powerfully about how he got on with a big, uh, farm, a big name brand company. And they were great at diversifying the, uh, their recruiting and, and diversifying the talent and all types of folks from all walks, walks of life to join the team. But he said they were really bad at once they're there, uh, including them on act in, in, in activities that, um, that, are, that are also diverse, right? That, that, um, that everyone can feel at home and, and participate in. So it really, I think that's a great call out, Coral, because they are, as you put it, they're packaged together all the time. But uh, I think as leaders, we need to kind of um, take one step at a time, right? Um, and in our in our efforts. So great stuff there, Coral. So Allison, um, I don't want to I don't want to jump the gun here, Coral or Stacy. Before we we kind of turn the tables and Allison and get her key takeaways, anything else that either one of one of uh, you'd like to share? I was going to say the the only other thing that I had noted that I, I found as kind of a, an interesting pattern throughout the couple of days was the role of mentorship. That came up in a variety of different sessions, and and personally, I've been kind of working on a similar program within my organization, and we've talked about doing something within WIM 
and just kind of hearing that peppered throughout a, a bunch of different sessions and, and some different ways that people are approaching it. I think it's just um, really exciting to, to see how that can uh, explode somebody's careers in, in some ways and, and just be a great benefit. I love that. Kind of how it can be the Huntsville, the rocket city of, of folks' career, right? And what a great segue because, Allison, you do a ton of work in the mentoring space, and that doesn't go unnoticed. Uh, and I really appreciate what you've done uh, with, you know, you've kind of taken Lemons, which has been the last couple of years, and they have found a way to offer remote internships and, and mentorship opportunities. So I love that. But, um, Allison, speak to, you know, something Stacy or, or Coral shared or share your own key takeaways from WIM Summit 2021. So, yeah, they, they covered all the good stuff. So, no, I'm just kidding. Um, there was, there was, there was so much good stuff. One of my favorite breakouts, um, and it, it, it's always this case, when I see um, Jenny Drescher and Ellen Feldman Aranto of the Boulder Group, when I see them speak, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go to that one. Um, they are phenomenal. And they're always a very engaging breakout group that the, they're the kind of leaders who will say things like, okay, we're not going to sit down, everybody. We're going to stand up and do this. And you're like, oh, geez, oh, I really don't want to do this. But it ends up being like the best time. So they spoke to resiliency versus adaptability. And the fact that we have, we've heard nonstop, you know, resiliency and, and COVID and da, 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 da. But really where we should be hanging our hat on is adaptability because adaptability is navigating ambiguity. And that is the learning to live in the gray space. That's, that's the part that is ultimately helps you get to the next step. Um, they talked about all the different levels to that and what that would entail. They talked about um, different assessments that you can take to actually learn um, how good are you at living in this gray space. Um, that, that to me, that stuck with me hard. Um, but the other takeaway I had, and I believe both Stacy and Coral have alluded to this, it, it, it was the people, it was the being in person. It was the, um, yes, the sessions were phenomenal as they always are. I mean, whim to me, whim summit every year, I'm like, oh, that was the best one. Oh no, no, that was the best one. They, they always get better, better. Um, it just seems to me like you can't substitute the real life attendance at these things. I mean, even, even in 2020, when WIM did a virtual version, which was great, the, the substance was terrific. The content was great. Um, but the in-person stuff, I mean, to be able to have a side conversation with someone out in the hallway that ends up being, you know, Hey, yeah, I'll meet you for lunch in just a little bit. It, those kind of things, you can't substitute that. So I think that really, that stuck with me the most and kind of made me appreciate it a lot more. I was less likely to run up to the room to go check emails. I was more likely to, you know, stick around and I'll, I'll look at my phone down here while I'm catching up with so-and-so. Love it. Okay. So as good as Cleveland 2021 was, I'm, I'm just going to go out on a big old say limb it, say it. and say Atlanta 2022 best is going to be the best ever. one ever. Sure is. So, all right. So, um, all right. So we're going to talk about Eureka moments here in a moment. Really quick, though, just going around the horn really quick. Uh, we just got back from our first in-person after a long time down in Miami. Uh, a GPO called Omnia Partners hosted a uh, Connection 2021. I got to echo what, some of what you shared there, Allison. To be back in person, you know, and, and have break bread with folks and, you know, catch up. In some cases, hug, you know, hug and, and, and you know 
connect and personal on that human and personal level. That was a, that's like a big old breath of fresh air. Wonderful. And it sounds like there was a lot of that in uh, Cleveland, right? Sure was. Yes. Okay. All right. So let's circle back around to Stacy. And, and Allison, you're not getting out of this question. You know, I know you've shared some Eureka moments on these on these uh, shows with us, but you're gonna you're gonna have to offer up another one because Stacy. <laughs> uh, so if you're listening to the replay, Allison's shaking her head and saying no, no. But hey, these, these Eureka <laughs> moments uh, are some of the best lessons learned. So Stacy, mm-hmm. I want to you know that epiphany that you've had mm-hmm. at some point, like we've all had these last couple of years. Uh, give us a Eureka moment. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's that success is personal. So when I was working at companies, we had corporate objectives, we had targets, and then they would roll down to different departments. Then I would have my goals. Once I hung that shingle out as a business owner, boy, that comparison game is strong at times. It's hard not to look at others in a similar space and think, wow, how are they doing what they're doing? But then I realized, do I want to be doing what they're doing? What's more important to me? So I think getting really clear with yourself that success is personal is totally fine. It's valid. It's necessary. It drives so many of my decisions about what I say yes to, what I say no to, and how I choose to invest my most precious resource, which is time. Mm. You know, we're never guaranteed a tomorrow. Um, and I think it's just so important to, to take that time to reflect on what's most important to you and what do you want to be remembered for? So to me, it's, I want to be remembered for how I make people feel and the value that I provide. So that's where my fire comes from. It's from helping people be successful. So anything beyond that is tangential. I love that. In fact, um, that reminds me of uh, WBEQ, I think, is the channel based up in the, the uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania area. And they, of course, that's where Fred Rogers and Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood originated. And they've done a great job of keeping keeping that alive and well. In fact, every Friday, I think it's like a Fred Friday hashtag campaign. And they drop quotes and stories and pictures. And one thing you said there, Stacy, is, you know, uh, um, it's front and center of how you make others feel. And that is like a Fred Rogers ism. I think I've seen that once a month and it's so important, you know, it's to be aware of that, you know, that that's that in and of itself is a luxury. So I really appreciate your answer there, Stacey. What a great Eureka moment. Success is personal. All right, Coral, uh, Stacy. Um, well, look at me. I'm about to create a, I'm about to say that Stacy set the bar, but Hey, it's personal. <laughs> it's personal, right? So Coral, what, what, uh, give us a Eureka moment from your last couple of years. Well, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I can really top that Stacy, but, um, I, I think I, I would maybe piggyback off of it a little bit because, you know, kind of what I, what I have found here recently, um, not only is success personal, but, uh, what we view as success and what we want to do and how we want to, uh, you know, support others and, and be in this world can change if you, if you want it to. And so, you know, a little bit of context, you know, here recently had the opportunity to, to, um, look, I, I was looking into a different position 
and that didn't work out. And, and they kind of said, well, you know, we'd really love you to have some more experience in this particular area. And I said, you know, I don't really want more experience in that area. And it kind of made me really kind of go back and say, maybe this isn't really the direction that I want to go. And I, and I was able to reflect a lot on what direction do I really want to go to? And when I kind of came up with what I think I want to do, which could always change again, I'm sure. But, um, you know, I, I reached out and, and talked to different mentors and friends and family and people that know me. And they, and I thought for sure they were going to be like, you're crazy. Why would you go like, you know, 180 degrees? And they were all like, oh, you know what? That makes so much sense for you. And it's just kind of funny how those kind of things like, oh, okay, maybe this does make sense, you know? And it, and it, it just kind of really makes you feel like, okay, yeah, you started down this path and this path is going great. It's, it's, it's doing just fine. But if you decide, Hey, you know what? I really just want to go take a left turn here and make a different path. You can do that. And it's okay. And even if it sounds crazy, that's probably the best idea. That's, that's my thought. Girl, I love that. Um, you don't owe anybody an explanation in, in so many different ways. Uh, and that's one of the things that comes to my mind. So, so Allison, I'm going to flip the tables before you share. Stacy and Coral both have, have uh, given us points to ponder. I'll be thinking about this on some of my windshield time tomorrow. Uh, what are some of your reactions to what Stacy and Coral have, have shared here? I like it. I, I think that the they're both essentially saying that success is personal and that it's okay to change your mind. There's no law that says, today my success looks like this and tomorrow it's going to too. There's no law that says that. And I think that it's, you're incredibly light years ahead of so many people, Coral, when you say, when you recognize, okay, that's not, I don't want more experience in that. So therefore maybe that my initial end goal, maybe that's not really my end goal after all. I think that that's incredibly perceptive and you're going to save yourself a lot of aggravation, you know, and there are a lot of people that stick with something simply because, well, it's, it's always been their dream and therefore it's still the dream today. So I think that Eureka moment for me, um, kind of, um, looks down at those, those, those meaningful, um, observations by saying, I'm very grateful to the opportunities like this, where people devote their time to have these kind of conversations. So people like Stacy, people like Coral, people, your time is valuable. You know, you, you could, you could go make more money somewhere else, but you don't get hours back. And I'm just grateful for the opportunities to be able, whether it's, whether it's you, Scott, facilitating these kind of conversations um, and to be able to hear from my own peers to say, okay, if Coral thinks that, then maybe I'm not crazy after all. Um, or if Stacy says this, I mean, I'll come across that too. So maybe I'm not totally off base here. So I think that that's my, my Eureka moment. I love it. Um, a lot of good stuff here. I, I'll tell you that, that simple question has created some of the best moments in these episodes. Right. Um, and, and sometimes it can be, these, these were a little deeper than sometimes we get, you know, some of them are real simple Eureka moments, right. That, uh, um, that, you know, we've all maybe thought about a thousand or maybe a million times, but going back to where we started, it's all about the context and, and you can have the same thought in a different moment in time, moment in journey, and have a wholly different uh, impact. So a lot of good stuff here. Um, okay. We're going to finish. Remember back in, um, 
probably elementary school, probably not middle school, probably more elementary school. We uh, sometimes quizzes, especially um, for some reason, reading in English comes to mind uh, where folks had to finish. You had to finish uh, fill in the blank, right? Fill in the blank is where I'm going with this, Allison. Fill in the blank. So it's not, it's not Mad Libs. No, it's not Mad Libs. That's a great analogy. <laughs> All right, everybody though. give me a verb. No, yes, that's kidding. right. Um, but it's, <laughs> so I want to give, uh, with a little bit of structure, I want to kind of give the answer just open-ended, right? So the, the uh, start of the sentence, and Stacy, I'm coming back to you. Start of the sentence is manufacturing would be better if, blank. Finish that sentence. Oh, that's an easy one. If people knew just how broad the opportunities are within manufacturing. So I'll give a a quick story. So I got the chance to volunteer in person, which I'm so happy we're back to volunteering in person. I went to talk to the the local Votech high school to the students that aren't assigned a particular career track yet. So I'm walking by the room where they're building a mini house. I'm walking by the room where they have a diesel truck tore apart. I'm walking by the room where they're welding. And I'm talking to these dozen or so 11th graders. And that's all I did was share my story of how I went from somebody that was a bus girl at an Italian restaurant to a house painter, to an engineer, and just explain how every time I raised my hand for an opportunity or to learn something, the answer was, yes, take it. There's too much to do and not enough people. So if you show the desire, if you show the right attitude, the sky is literally the limit within manufacturing. And it's the backbone of the economy. Uh, that's my personal, very strongly held belief that it's important to know how to make things. And I think we're the more we can do to build STEM and STEAM education from you know, conversations at the dinner table to things in the community, all the way through people, you know, in their 30s, 40s, 50s that might want to change careers. Manufacturing always has the doors open and there's always amazing things to do there. Okay. Did you hear that last? There's so much goodness there, but manufacturing always has the doors open. It's almost like a Waffle House. It's that inviting, right? It really is cool. Uh, I really appreciate you sharing that, Stacey. And I'm, um, I'm a Big fan. You know, my time in global supply chain, most of it was in manufacturing or supporting the industry. You know, my granddad uh, retired as second. Uh, so he retired as a machine operator with Kimberly Clark. And we never sat down and talked about manufacturing, you know, because I'd never stepped foot into a manufacturing plant until sadly uh, after college, right? So I never had a chance to hear firsthand some of his experiences. So um, you got to get those conversations when you can get them. But Stacey, I really appreciate you share you filling in the blank on that sentence. Coral, same question to you. And again, Allison, we'll come to you next. Manufacturing would be better. Uh, for some reason, I feel like giving you turn signals today, Allison. I'm not sure. I'm not sure why. But <laughs> so, Coral, we'll come to you next. Manufacturing would be better if blank. Yeah. So uh, very sim- similar. Man, Stacy, you're like just right, right ahead of me every time. Yeah, for sure. You know, getting past this this mindset that that manufacturing is is just automotive and heavy equipment. Um, you know, when I was when I was in college, I used to work for the career services group, and we would go to like high schools and tech tech, tech schools to recruit um, for the college like college fairs. And they would always send send me. They'd always make sure that they got one of the female engineers out there because um, they would always make me go talk to the to the girls at those schools. 
And one of the things that I that I always loved doing was saying, you know, all the all the time they'd be like, well, I just I just don't really care about like cars. And I'm like, okay, you know, so like, what are you interested in? And pretty much anything they could tell me, usually it was something like 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 doing hair and makeup. And I'd be like, okay, well, so you use a hair dryer, right? Like, you know that that has to be produced and designed, right? Like, mostly it's men that do those kinds of things because there aren't females to do those things, even though females are the ones that use them. And so just kind of like having resetting that mindset of literally everything you touch on a day-to-day basis has to be manufactured. And so whatever it is that you that you use on a regular basis that you love to use, you can go into that area. And and the other the other little piece to that, I think that there's also kind of a little bit of this manufacturing is like dark and dirty and dingy and you know, nobody really wants to go out and do like the hard physical labor out out on the floor and stuff like that. But there's so much more to 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 the job opportunities for one thing but then also you know a lot of places thanks to partly the pandemic partly lean manufacturing principles government regulations and automation all of those things have really driven this new culture of of cleanliness within manufacturing um, sometimes it's 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 government regulated but a lot of times, you know, even even some of your your automotive and and metal fabrication type facilities are dramatically more bright and clean, LED lights and shiny floors and and all of these things because that's that's kind of the way of the business now and um, it's it's not as it's not as you know dirt dark and dirty right. as people think yeah well you know it's been said and I'm I can't remember who said it. Um, it certainly came out in some of these manufacturing studies that have come out in the last five years as the talent gap uh, has emerged, right? All these open positions, which is, is a reality based on almost any metric you look at. Um, but the parents, it's been said that the parents are kids first consultant, right? And we got to reach the parents who may be thinking of, of generations way long ago where, where uh, the norms were different in the manufacturing industry. So Coral, as as you stated, and Stacy and Austin, as you're nodding your head, environments have changed and evolved uh, dramatically. And there's a ton of opportunities. There's a ton of opportunities outside of, you know, there's still some in any industry. You can find some very traditional, you know, where time doesn't seem like it's it's moving. But so much has changed, and there's so much opportunity uh, with some exciting technology. Um, cutting edge, uh, forward-looking aspects of global manufacturing. So well said there, Coral. All right, Allison, feel free, two-parter here. If you would respond to what Stacy and Coral have, have filled in the blank with, and then we'll uh, have you fill in the blank as well. All right, sounds good. Well, it's funny. The three of us did not consult each other on our answers beforehand. I'm just letting you know, um, because it's funny that my fill in the blank was manufacturing would be better if schools started priming kids earlier. And I think the common denominator here is marketing for manufacturing and getting in front of kids sooner. And whether that's teachers, counselors, parents, whatever, um, I think that's definitely the common theme. Agreed. A a huge opportunity. It feels like, um, uh, I say it feels like anecdotally, 
it feels like we've made some some gains uh, in terms of changing that. Um, uh, in some cases, it's a stigma. In other cases, it's just a persona of the manufacturing industry. It seems like we've made some straw, small strides, but we still have, gosh, we got so far to go. And a lot of folks need to hear what each of y'all have shared here, even if they only listen for what's in it for them, really. And that's a win. You know, what's in it for them? Guess what? There's lots of opportunity to make good money, great careers, great benefits uh, on, on and learn a lot of new stuff that's going to benefit your career, mm-hmm. even if you're not you know, spending 40 years of manufacturing. So I agree with right. you. I, was- I, I also look at it from I, those baby steps we take in the hopes that the four of us really are our representatives, as it were, prophets, apostles of manufacturing, where just by us having these conversations or just by somebody who knows us and we therefore kind of de facto become the manufacturing representative in their heads, now they know that we exist and then we can put on, we can show and display what manufacturing really is. I mean, I, I'd probably eat off my own shop floor than before I would my own <laughs> kitchen at home. I mean, really depends because uh, I got cats at home. So, but, but no, I, I really, I think that that's a, um, I think that's key and it's a slow boat and it's frustrating because if we don't see immediate change, sometimes it's hard to stay the course. And um, I think just by all of us representing manufacturing, that's that's key to changing that boat, the boat direction. Well, you know, Allison, if you had dogs at home, it'd be a lot cleaner, a lot cooler household. Just saying, just saying. Yeah, dog. Wait, wait, <laughs> dog. Wait. <laughs> it's scientifically proven. Trust me. Sure. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> dog hair, cat hair. It that's right. Not like I would know. <laughs> I mean. So, um, all right, we gotta we gotta circle around, uh, Allison. I could I could uh, we could have all kinds of things. Again, I've got to point out in every episode. If you're not connected with all three, certainly of all three of our panelists, uh, you're missing a huge opportunity. But firsthand, simply because I've just met Stacy and Coral, if you're not connected with Allison and following her on social, you're missing out. You're missing out. Uh, a true modern day humorist. Uh, That's actually funny. All right. So Stacy, uh, Stacy and Coral, I want to uh, wrap mm-hmm. here, make sure folks know how to connect with you. But first, if you do this two parter as we wrap. Uh, first off, um, your final message finally uh, think of it as a challenge think of it as hey out of the, what we've talked about last hour here's one thing to you got to walk away with uh, whatever it is so your final uh, thought here today and then let's make sure folks know how to connect with you Stacy. beautiful so for me it's all about carrying as you climb and making sure that you're paying it forward whatever that looks like for you so for me that looks like connections with local nonprofits that engage with youth and with underserved populations. So give folks a Google, maybe it's College Now, I think they're national. It's groups like Towards Employment, it's nonprofits like Youth Opportunities Unlimited, it's things like the United Way, Junior Achievement, we can go on and on. If you Google economic development, manufacturing youth or some combination thereof for your area, you will find a way. So really try to make it a point to donate time, talent, or treasure in whatever mix makes sense for you. And as Coral said, it's okay for that to change in the future. It doesn't always have to look the same every day or even every year. And in terms of staying connected, uh, so I'm a busy lady, so I'm going to throw out quite a few ways to stay in touch. Uh, My personal LinkedIn, it's easy to find me. I've got the pink hair with the rainbow streak. That's the profile picture. So once you see it, you found me. 
Um, I do work for a couple companies. So the first one is my own company, Evelop LLC. Our website is buildeveloplead.com. We have a LinkedIn page that's really active. We have a Facebook page that's active. We have a YouTube channel as well. And then for our regions, that's Michigan, Northern Ohio, Western Pennsylvania for the Institute for Management Studies. I also manage a lot of their social media. So you can find IMS on LinkedIn. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on YouTube as well. And if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's really dogs, fast cars, and margaritas. It's stick, shift, chick. Wow. Okay. I love that, Stacey. Man, we should have, we should have started the conversation there. A missed opportunity. No, I'm kidding. Really appreciate your time here today. And uh, folks, you got to connect with Stacey. We'll try to make it as easy as possible by uh, listing a lot of those things in the show notes. Okay. Coral, uh, and have really enjoyed both of y'all, all three of y'all's perspective, but I uh, appreciate y'all. Uh, making us feel like we've been in Cleveland uh, for for some of the last couple of weeks here. So Coral, give us your final thought. And of course, how can folks connect with you? Yeah. So final, final thoughts, I, th- I think just do, you know, do what makes you happy and, and don't worry about, you know, what other people think. Oh, oh you know, you work in manufacturing. Oh, isn't that like kind of dirty? Isn't that like long hours and stuff? it's, it's great. Honestly, it's so exciting. And, and you can, you can do whatever you want. You can be in a, a thousand different industries and in, in a thousand different roles and functions and, uh, and just, you know, go out there and, and, you know, maybe, maybe if you are a little nervous about potentially being a minority in one of those groups in any way, shape or form, you know, like, like I said earlier, you know, you, you have to have diversity to have inclusion. So get out there and, and put yourself out there and, you know, just walk right in the door. You, you can, you can do that. You can bring that into, into a, a new team that needs that. Um, and, and just have fun with it and, uh, and enjoy, enjoy your time here. I love that. No permission slips needed. Yeah. Uh, Coral, thanks so much for bringing that part of the conversation. And how can folks connect with you? Uh, definitely the best way for me is is LinkedIn. Um, I do not have pink hair, but I have very curly hair. So you'll you'll find find the picture with the curly hair. Yes. I love it. So it's just that easy. LinkedIn. Uh, and really appreciate uh, you and Stacy dropping in here today. Okay. Allison, uh, man start to finish uh, a really strong conversation. I think uh, a thought provoking conversation and an, an empowering conversation. You know, one of the big themes being uh, it's okay to say no, it's okay to change your mind and you don't need anyone's permission to do what you want to do. So that's, I don't know about y'all. It gets my, my, my blood pumping for sure. It gets me ready to run through the wall back behind me. But Allison, what would, what would be one of your key take your, um, you know, last thoughts here and how can folks connect with you? I think the overarching theme for me has been that you make time for the stuff that you want to do. And if that means rewriting your version of success or uh, diving into a career that you never saw yourself uh, going down, then it is what it is. Like Coral said, do, do what makes you happy and define your own success. And yeah, I'd love to connect with anybody. I'm on LinkedIn, pretty active there. So find me, Allison Giddens. Um, I don't know how many of Allison Giddens are out there, but you'll figure it out because your listeners are smart. 
<laughs> they are much smarter than me. Uh, uh, and present companies illustrated uh, illustrative of that. Um, hey, WinTech Inc. WinTech Inc. That hit my radar. Y'all been nominated. Or maybe you received the award already. Y'all been nominated for a big prize, right? We have. We got nominated for uh, Georgia Business Journal's Best of. So we're under aerospace manufacturing, and people can vote through Halloween, I believe. So man, it's big news. Kind of cool, big yeah. News. Well, congratulations. Uh, that's just the latest uh, trophy to add to the uh, the trophy case. Uh, we'll see if if uh, the Braves can't uh, steal a page out of your chapter later today when we're recording this, folks. The Atlanta Braves are facing the Milwaukee Brewers uh, towards the end, game four of their NLDS. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, but nonetheless, uh, Stacy Schroeder, thank you so much for your time here today. Of course, president and founder of Evelop. Thank you so much, Scott. It was such a pleasure to meet with you. And Allison, thank you for setting that up. And Coral, I learned so much from you today and at the summit. It was really a pleasure. Thank you very much, Stacy. Make sure y'all connect with Stacy uh, uh, across social. Uh, Coral Huffmaster uh, with Polaris Industries. Thanks so much for your time as well. Yes, thank you. This this is really exciting and, and to your point, empowering just to to have these kind of conversations and just really honored to be included in in this. So thank you very much. Well, thank you. You and you and Stacy brought a lot to the table here and uh, given folks plenty of things to process uh, either on their commute home. There's not as many commutes these days, which is is not a bad thing here in the metro Atlanta area, is it, Allison? Nope, not even a little. <laughs> <laughs> not even a little. Uh, and uh, we have already laid out how to uh, folks to how to uh, folks can connect with Allison Giddens as well. So big thanks, Allison, for your help and your facilitation, your leadership, helping make today's episode happen. Absolutely. And thank you, Stacey and Coral, for, for humoring me as I said, hey, why don't you jump on this podcast with this guy? I got crazy looks, but I'm glad I'm, I'm glad you decided to, yeah, you, you trust me enough. Hey, had a blast. Uh, and I really appreciate uh, not just um, the thoughts and thought leadership and perspective everyone's brought to the table, but hey, as we reference quite a bit, it's really important to maintain a healthy sense of humor as we get through these, these crazy times that we're experiencing. So big thanks again to Stacey. Uh, Coral and Allison here. Folks, hopefully you enjoyed this episode as much as I have. Be sure to check us out at supplychainnow.com or wherever you get your podcast from. Subscribe so you don't miss conversations like this one right here. But most importantly, on behalf of our entire team here, Scott Luton signing off for now. Do good, give forward, be the change that's needed. Hey, be just, just like Stacy, Coral, and Allison. The world will be a better place. We'll see you next time right back here at Supply Chain Now. Thanks, bye. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at SupplyChainNow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now. Supply Chain Now.